right, friends, Zig coming in at the top of the interview. Today I have Gretchen Plus with me. She is a singer-songwriter from Akron who's been all around, who's been writing and playing since she was 12. I don't know why that blows my mind every time I've met someone or someone who said they started playing guitar and writing their own songs at 12 or 11 or 10 or any of those beginning double-digit numbers, but it blows my mind. Um, she is playing virtual shows CLE Sunday at 8 p.m. with Christine Jackson. Um, we made it to the paper. Zig at the gig was in the paper. My grandma sent me a clipping, a picture of our my interview with um, uh, Rachel Short in the Underwoods. was written up in the paper to go check it out. Super, super cool. All right. If you hear anything you like, please like, subscribe. Comment, rate, review, anything at the pod on the podcast website. It helps these artists' voice get heard and helps put our a podcast up front so we can amplify what they're saying even more. All right, Gretchen Plus. All right, Zig at the Gig Podcast. I'm hanging out with Gretchen Plus. How's it going? Good. How are you, Dave? Not bad. Um, how's quarantine been? It has been um, interesting, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, it's been good. I mean, it's been actually kind of nice to like reorganize my life and find, um, like better mechanisms for how I do things, um, even at home. So it's, it's actually been a good challenge, I guess, but, but yeah, it's been, um, obviously the music and art and socialization aspect has been weird, but other than that, it's been all right. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, it seems like for most people, it's kind of like this. Oh, there's this terrible thing, but I can kind of work on myself. That's crazy. Yeah, it's super weird. Ever an option? So, I think that's a. I think this, there's going to be a lot of self growth out of all this madness for a lot of people, which is a good thing because there wasn't time to do that. Yep, exactly. And the music thing's real, real weird. Like, I don't. Have you been doing the streamage? I have done some. I mean, I, I did. Um, one or two things, you know, in the last month or so, but I'm still getting used to it. I mean, it's just a different, it's a different environment. Um, I, I feel like some people are like way more comfortable with it than I am. So I'm yeah. still like trying, <laughs> it's, uh, but it's different. It's so weird. It's kind of like virtual busking, right? Like exactly. People are like scrolling by and they catch you in the middle or at the beginning of a thing. And it's like, how do you mm-hmm. get their attention? And then like, because like you're saying, some people are just cut out for it. Some people are just like, how's it going, people? What up? You know, what right. I mean? they got that like <laughs> thing. I don't I don't got that. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't either. I get very it's it's also awkward because you don't have somebody responding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you do this thing. You're like, did it? Did you hear it even? I can't. Did tell, you like you it? <laughs> yeah. It's, you get little bubbles and stuff. And that's kind of cool. But it, it's weird because there's that delay. Usually you're used to like, all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That wasn't terrible. Good job. Cool, cool. Yeah, no, I, I heard you stop, so I'm clapping. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, it's... Yeah. I want to get, like, a, like um, you know, like, what you can have for an audience um, at a TV show. Just have, like, the, the clap track <laughs> yeah. in the background to press. <laughs> so, all right... I played this show at Mahal's, which you've played you've played at Mahal's, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. You know the basement? Yep. Okay. So I played a show before all this kind of went down with uh, this guy, his name's Dan Coolsey, and he's this weird like a uh, um hip hop punk crooner. Ooh, <laughs> <Right>? interesting. Maybe. <laughs> and uh, he does a lot of stuff with Joe Jack 
Tallman, who is the singer from The Dead Milkman. And, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, which they were a punk band from back in the day, and they've had some hits, and like, or at least punk hits, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, so he was going through, and I got thrown in this bill, and he had this, tr- he ended his set with, like, an audience applauding track. And oddly enough, I felt like compelled to like keep clapping until it stopped. It was the weirdest, like weirdest mental trick. I'm like, he like, I mean, I was already appreciative of what he was doing. I was going to clap anyway, but now I I don't want to stop. It was weird how that, (laughs) it wasn't a real audience, but I felt like I had to, (laughs) I don't know. It was a weird experience. Yeah. It's weird how that kind of stuff will actually make you like laugh tracks and clap tracks. But that's interesting that it was at a live show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a Wednesday night in like a snowstorm and there was like four people there. It was a rough turnout. Like, but it was a cool, it was a cool show. And like everyone that was there was in it and like. I just thought I, I think he would have done that either way. You know, that was part of his like <laughs> his, his like hip hop tracks or whatever. You know, what I mean, backing tracks. Yeah. So like yeah. it, it was just a weird thing that like I was like, that works. So do it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You'll feel it, I think, or they'll feel it. <laughs> it could yeah. Be. And it's one thing that's been super interesting is to see everyone kind of on the same playing field, like to see some heavy yeah. hitters like being like. Phew, playing with the phone why, why I'm i know so... <laughs> i kind of love that we're all struggling like yeah i'm like this... why is my sound not working yeah <laughs> and my whole like thing is everyone who's a, a friend of a musician isn't gonna be like um an amateur sound person by the end of this they're gonna be totally. like yeah, they, lower your mids like <laughs> yeah. everyone's gonna be exactly. good at navigating that and they're gonna go to real venues and be like what's this hack doing <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna get behind there <laughs> But yeah, it's been a real weird, a weird bit, the streaming thing. And I've been trying to it navigate it and trying to figure it out with the devices I have laying around. But like, yeah, I really appreciate that people have like, I spent like, you know, like certain things have come up that have tried like specifically to help artists and musicians make it through this. And it's like, it's awesome. Um, but it's also like hard to keep up because I'm like, try, like, I'm like, I don't know if I can keep up, you know, like yeah. I'm, I'm struggling. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's cool, like, to see people, like, get, you know, step into action. Um, and it's also, like, how, like, how to keep that momentum going. Cause this could keep going for a while, you know? For sure. For sure. And that's what, that's what's, in a way, maybe those people that are, that are knocking it out with this, like, mm-hmm. they've probably been on that game before, you know, working, yeah. trying to f- figure this whole stream thing out and, like, to yep. some degree, what's really cool about it is people that would have never heard you are now hearing you. Yeah, you know that's I mean? true. That is like, true. Like, you would play to said bar, and there's that many people, and hopefully they tell a friend or tell a friend or send a video or whatever, but your limit is 10 people at the Aces Depot or whatever. Right, you know what right, I mean? right. You know what I mean? I had plenty of shows where I played to five people, and then, like, you play a you know, live stream in the middle of the day, and you have at least 35. So. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and especially yeah. some of those like pages that are sharing all these other things. There's so many mm-hmm. cool things, and like, so I think there's going to be a, a real appreciation, and like, there's going to be some new stars born from all this, and like, definitely. Um, and uh, but for for people that are used to doing like the the, the bar gig thing or just a normal gig thing, where you can kind of mm-hmm. do your thing and like. Yeah, you know, maybe you don't have to have a new set every night because <laughs> it's a new right. place. Right. Is there like a thing where you're doing the same? I don't know. 
I, you know yeah. what I mean? Like there's no, you're still yeah. in the same place. Should We're all going to be out of practice too. Yeah. yeah, that too. That too. <laughs> That's going to be weird. Like, do you do, um, so you do music full time, right? I do. I actually, um, I, ironically, I got a part-time job right, just right before this sort of all went down. Um, and I'm working remotely part-time for that. So that's been sort of a saving grace. (laughs) What's that? Um, What's that gig? It's, I work for the a civic theater up here. Um, yeah. And I actually just moved. So no, actually Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor. Oh, Um, sick. Ann Arbor's awesome. It's a great town. I love Ann Arbor. Super cool. So I'm, yeah, I'm working for the little civic theater here and like I'm doing it remote. So I at least have that. And, What's it um, called? Is it the Ark? Uh, no, it's actually the Ann Arbor Civic Theater. Okay. It's really close to the Ark. Okay. Um, but yeah, I would love to work for the Ark. But yeah, that's um, a cool spot. Especially for cool. what you do. You would kill. Oh, there. yeah. You would kill that. I, I really a- want to play there once <laughs> they open back up um, somehow. But, but yeah, I mean, this is a, it's a cool, it's a cool arts town for sure. So I'm like, I'm enjoying doing that work, but it's like, it's different. Like I was planning on getting up here and like having a part-time job and then starting to get back into like playing up here all the time, or at least most of the time. And I feel like this is going to force me to sort of like reevaluate, like, okay, maybe I do things a little bit differently now. Yeah. Um, in general, like even when this ends, like maybe I, maybe I kind of reevaluate how often I play and just focus on making that show like amazing, you yeah. know, definitely there. It's weird. There's two like mindsets of like, there's like the musician that has to go out and play to make sure there's bread on the table. Right. So you right. go out and you do all these gigs and like but those fall into certain types of gigs where that planning doesn't necessarily matter. You know what I mean? Right. And then there's the few that like set February 16th. It's going down Sunday. Sunday. Like (laughs) you put all this effort into promoting and pushing the show to get a big chunk out of it. And like in always like um, for you, for the audience, for as a as a spectacle, as a whatever it is, you know, as a money making show, as a release. And like. So I think there's a balance to that. There's a balance of being yeah. able to to do that, the 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 work work, like the bar gigs right. and like the teaching and like mm-hmm. doing the spec. But if you can do the spectacle thing right, fuck that other shit. <laughs> like exactly. stick with that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying is like I think I think I was already kind of heading that direction anyway of like, yeah. oh, I mean, I was starting to t- I was teaching like at the music settlement and stuff, too, before oh, this all went cool. on. And- So I was doing other things and then I started to think like, man, I would love to just like work on making like making a show where it's like very like not theatrical because my music isn't always theatrical. It depends on the band. Yeah. Um, But like but, you know, having like these visual aesthetics and like really planning out like the promotion and how how it's all going to go down. Because like I think I got to a point where I was realizing like oh I'm I'm not even changing my set list like you were saying yeah. earlier like I'm not even changing anything I'm doing the same thing yeah and and like that's cool I love connecting with people that often but it's also like for me as an artist it gets kind of boring you know definitely definitely like I find so, myself doing that same type of thing in certain gigs you know what I mean like when you play a room and you're yeah. like all right I got to navigate this flow so I can if you're like a bar gig you got to be like I got to be slightly entertaining but distant right. enough or right. it's like a, a Brent Kirby thing where everyone's listening you got to yep oh, fuck what am I I got something to say yeah. right <laughs> like, exactly where's where are the emotions <laughs> where is it so each room kind of calls for that weird planned mechanism that you've as an artist developed 
through mm-hmm. all the other gigs and doing things and either knocking them out or failing them and like right and in, in this where it's like well you just go and like you do your own thing and like it, it leaves that time to reevaluate so maybe it's it's going to be a good thing to get rid of the form and the formless form becomes form exactly oh. <laughs> and we're all sort of i think and it, it's good because everybody that's like that was struggling with one aspect is like now able to sort of like I don't know, like there, I was personally like not on board with some of this technology that I probably should have been. So now I'm like forced to like figure it out and come out of this maybe like way more comfortable prepper, like preparing, like, you know, uh, projections and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool too. Yeah. I think, uh, I forget. I saw someone do a show like that, but when you pair it up with songs, that's a really cool, like impact. You're like, Oh yeah. That's I did it once mean. and it was awesome. It was like the Where best show I've ever had. It was at the Rialto in Akron. Oh, okay. Where um, are you from actually, in Cleveland or in Ohio, I should say? So you... actually kind of Akron. Um, okay. I was living in the west side of Akron and um, and then I was living in Peninsula, so okay. a little bit north. Um, and then before that, I was out in the country like in Worcester, gotcha. uh, Wayne County. So, so yeah, I've kind of like went all over in Ohio and then originally I'm from Cincinnati. So it's like, okay, so now, I'm, now I'm in Michigan. <laughs> you're definitely all over the map. What was yeah. it that like, did you start with guitar? Um, yeah, I started playing guitar first. When was that? Um, was that like high school, college? I actually, I was 11. So I was, Whoa. I was pretty young. Nice. Yeah. I was young and, um, started with a friend, a friend of my mom's who was classically trained. So he just basically was like, I'll teach her for, you know, just to, you know, get better at, at my own chops, you know? Gotcha. So it was fun. It was like, I got, you know, like a teacher that didn't normally teach, but, um, could cater to like what I was interested in. And so that was cool. It was really, that is cool. really cool. Especially I'd imagine for them as well. Like there's yeah. a thing for a teacher who doesn't normally teach to be like, Oh, I can do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it and is then rewarding. for you to have that kind of like, kind of special like connection with like you, mm-hmm. it's just them teaching you, but so that's yep. really cool. Did your mom play as well? No, my mom actually she's she's not a player, but my dad is. So okay. they're divorced. Yeah, okay. they're divorced, and I didn't grow up with him really. But um, but I do remember his band. Like he had a band in the seventies, and then he's always been a songwriter and always been a great, um, a really good singer. Yeah, and a decent guitar player. Um, so he like I remember hearing him like as a as a small child, you know, playing oh, and stuff. Cool. But He's got, I, I, he actually like, he doesn't have, he doesn't have his stuff on Spotify or anything, but he's got stuff on like Reverb Nation that okay. I listen to every again, you know? <laughs> That's good. What, what was the band? So his band was called Silliman Bear and Friends. And they okay. were like, um, they, they were kind of similar to like the Eagles, honestly. Okay. It was all about harmony. Whoa. Yeah. That's a, that's a, lot a of huge thing. That's a, that has to be like, okay, especially like. When did they start? Do you know when he was doing this? I would say like 1970. 70. Yeah, you gotta yep. imagine how hard it would be to work that. Cause like right now, like as a doing it now, you can record yourself and listen back yep. like at ease. But like, yeah, <laughs> you had to record a tape like and not miss any notes. <laughs> yeah. And just even the practice, right? Cause singing in yep. harmony with a group or another person fucking is hard. <laughs> like, it's really hard. Especially with, yeah, especially with four part harmony. It's not yeah. like, you know, just one harmony. And like stuff like the Eagles really like made that like the standard. Oh, that's that background sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not, yeah. it's so common. It's just a exactly. part of it. Like, wow. It's okay. Crazy. So did you like, so as you were playing, did you reconnect or has this been like a way to kind of reconnect now 
or um with with my dad yeah. particularly yeah i would say like we definitely got closer the the more invested i got in music just because we had something in common gotcha um and he's a writer too and like a big reader so we had like all these common interests of like you know writing and reading and playing music and um you know, even film and stuff. So like, that's cool. so it was definitely like, I feel like we got, we've gotten closer the older I've gotten because, you know, before I was just a kid that liked, you know, kid liked stuff. kid stuff. Yeah. yeah. I liked, I mean, I honestly, I liked, you know, Avril Lavigne yeah. <laughs> and he was like, ew. Yeah. There's no so, writing in this. <laughs> yeah. But, so, I mean, so now it's, it's different. It's like, we're, we're definitely a little bit closer. That's awesome. Yeah. As a, as a reader, when you were starting into into to like kind of coming into understanding all this stuff was there like a novel or a writer that stuck out that he showed you or did you guys kind of relate we kind of we kind of like we've traded like honestly we both um ironically we're both really interested in like um native american history so we've like shared some different books and you know uh like a lot of classics honestly like bury my heart at wounded knee and nice um and, and some of those you know uh Black Elk Speaks, like, we, we both are just really interested in that timeline and histories and um, and how, you know, how, like, the U.S. government treated Native peoples and, and all of that stuff. So I think, so we've kind of, what, when we talk about books, I think a lot of times it's regarding, like, Cormac McCarthy or, you know, um, he likes a lot of Westerns. And, yeah. Uh, if it's fiction. And if it's not fiction, then we talk about, you know, like, oh, check out this biography. Okay. So, um, cool. Because, like, I, I also like you know i like fiction and science fiction and um yeah like who kind of some of your writers i like i like um so philip k dick is a big one um and and then i just like i i really just kind of base things off of um reviews so i'll be like reading about um you know there's there's a book that i just read called uh by an author named uh celeste I don't know how to pronounce your last name. It's Celeste Nidge. Nidge. It's like NG. Yeah, I've seen her name. Um, well, they just made a show about her book called Little Fires Everywhere. Yeah. And I hear about that. I heard, but anyway, keep going. Yeah. Sorry. It's That's getting cool. great reviews. So she and it's based in Cleveland. It's based in Shaker Heights. Oh, and it's sick. like fiction, but it's a great character development story, and it deals with like race and um, kind of suburban politics. So. Um, so yeah, I just like, I go all over the place. My dad and I can like really focus in on that, on that Western and Native American element. That's real cool. That's a cool way. That's a real cool way to like kind of keep this genuine interest in like who you are Mm -hmm. and what you're doing. And like, totally a lot of people when they grow up that with a divorced situation, it seems the opposite Mm -hmm. happens, you know, I know. And I'm not trying to like define your experience say it was great or whatever but that sounds like right. a really cool way at least to uh, relate like that's really no, cool it definitely was like it was like one of those things where people are like i can't believe you didn't grow up with him because you guys have really similar interests and um you both have like you know you're both really pro like people will say like prolific like because we we both are like lyrically heavy you know we yeah. both like lyrics um so it's funny. It's it's just like it's cool that the older I've gotten, the more we've been able to really connect as like almost like friends, you know. That's awesome. I think as a yeah. parent, that's kind of what you hope for. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely. And then, um, definitely. So when you were learning from a classical musician, you're probably learning a lot of finger picking stuff, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that's what we focused and... on first. Wow. So like, yeah. 
that's at 11. I don't even know where you go from there. Like, when did you start, like, writing and playing? Or I imagine to be playing covers at first, like, at 11? Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't even know how to navigate from that early. But what were some of those early tunes? Um, some of the earliest tunes were, like, <laughs> I, I was interested in, um, like, a lot of 90s stuff. And nice. I remember, because I, yeah. told, I told my guitar teacher, I was like, I like, you know... Lilith Fair stuff because I listened to that as a kid and yeah. loved it. So we like I learned Indigo Girls stuff and I learned Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and I learned like, you know, uh Cheryl Crow song and stuff that was like not that it's really not that challenging. Um it's more just about like learning how to go with the flow. Yeah. Um and then he started teaching me like harder songs, like, okay, take this Sean Colvin song home. Oh. Um and it's like it's totally finger picked and it even yeah. changes patterns. Um, and it would just like stress me out, but also like, I wouldn't, I would like obsess until I got it right. So, so it was good. It was like over time, like the covers, um, became a lot easier to play. And then I started writing songs, you know, so it was like, I probably age 12, honestly, it was only like a year because I was having weekly lessons sometimes twice weekly. And, and I was just like, I didn't, it was like the only hobby that I really, really enjoyed. So um i like just spent a lot of time on it gotcha and like yeah where did um it's so it's strange how like hobbies become like this obsession that lead to hobbies not being hobbies and you can't say it's your hobby because it's your everything after that right you know You're like, <laughs> right yeah no this uh, I, uh, this is what i do <laughs> exactly yeah so, uh, when you um at 12 that's that's to me that's insane i started in like middle school that like i guess 16 15 which isn't really that far away but that's that's far enough away to be like well the 12 year old is weird hard like i see like i see 11 or 12 year olds now and i'm like god you look so little but (laughs) but at the same and the same token like there's like little sponges like they they learn stuff so quickly if they have the attention span at all yeah um, which that's the thing is some kids aren't ready for it. They don't, they don't like, they don't want to pay attention to it. For sure. So it's like, I think it's just based on the kid, but, but I, at the same time, if they're interested in it, like really interested, it's like a great time to learn. Definitely. I think, and I think a lot of it's the, the understand, like the dedication thing, the, the, the drive to try to figure out that picking pattern. And yeah. I think as people get older, that, that drive, that mental ability becomes in the forefront like when you're younger that's not really there you're not exactly like, <laughs> driven to doing not as worried fun. yeah <laughs> um so what was middle school and high school like then were you still writing songs did you have any bands in that time did you join the choir or the band yeah i kind of all of the above like gotcha. i was just did a lot of the talent shows by myself um and i like uh i um, did a couple like, com- like competitions and then realized I was like not into the singing competitions and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of, I like, you know, I joined choir, like I'd always kind of been in choir anyway, but it just sort of helped me with harmonies and, and pitch even more. Yeah, definitely. And, and then I joined like little, little bands like here and there. I mean, in high school I joined, uh, like a hard rock band, which was really funny. <laughs> Whoa. What was um, it called? <laughs> it was called the texture. Nice, the texture. Yeah, the texture. And it's rough. <laughs> we basically like just played Rage Against the Machine. That's um, awesome. And I like essentially just sang backups because I was like, I'm not. How? What am I? I can't play. In the name of. 
<laughs> it, was, it was just so, it was so, it was just a fun thing. And that's the thing is like, I think you just like, I listened back to my recordings and I was like, clearly yeah. I did not give a shit yeah. that I sounded like this, but, but it was really great fun. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And so when did the first serious, when did it become a thing? So high school ends, you go to college to study music or yeah. No, actually, okay. like, it really didn't become serious for me until, like, I mean, I was still playing in college, but I went to college for anthropology of all things. And, oh, like, I was super into my, like, into my studies. And, like, yeah. I would play out here and there, um, like, at, at my, like, regular wine bar spots. Yeah. But I didn't really take it seriously. Um, there was, like, one album that I made in college with my band. I had a band called the Gretchen Plus Band. And it was, like, a little bit heavier, a little bit edgier. Um, but we just weren't, I just didn't have like, there was no producer. Like I didn't have yeah. anything, you know, in place. It just didn't, it didn't really mesh, but I met this engineer, recording engineer who was like, Oh, you should meet this producer. Like you guys would work really well together. And then we made an album when I was 21. Um, and he, that's Jim work. Um, oh, okay. so he, okay. he works at Sprayer sounds and, yeah. um, so we made this record and when I was 21 and I just, I just was like, wow, this is what a professional recording sounds like. And I submitted it to like a bunch of things on Sonic bids back yeah. then. And I ended up like getting a, you know, like asked to come play festivals and mm. asked to play like these bigger shows and open for these people. Yeah. And then you've, that, kind of, you've played everywhere. You've played like in different countries and such. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how, that's how, I mean, it was all just, that was like the beginning of like internet submissions, you know? And um, was that from that one record? Mm-hmm. It was. You, where'd you end up playing with it? Um, I played like a, in Montauk up in New York, like the Montauk Music Festival in New Jersey at a music festival called the Independent um, Black Potato Music Festival. Wow. I played like, and I met like people there that were um, just light years ahead of me, like that were pretty well-known folk musicians and stuff. And then I got into 30A Songwriters Fest which was a, that was like the biggest one. Gotcha. And that's where wow. I really met a lot of people and like realized like, Oh, I could actually do this like for, you know, at least for a living. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was like, it was this weird sort of, as soon as I graduated college, then I just geared right into like playing full time. Was it so through that experience and meeting other people that have done it, was it kind of like a that's how you can do it type thing like a light that just went off like they're doing this by doing hitting these few things i can do that type thing or was it like this is why i want to do this is really cool type or i guess both really right um, i would say yeah kind of both but it was like a slow learning process like i was like oh wow they're, they're doing this but i didn't know exactly how yeah so i think the more i hung out with people the more i kind of understood but i still like I mean, I took breaks. Like, I went to waitress and I did other things because yeah. sometimes the money wasn't there. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so, like, I would take breaks and then, like, kind of halt my progress, which was a good and bad thing because it took, like, I should have utilized that time to learn more, but instead I was like, oh, I'm kind of burnt out. Um, yeah. So I think, like, I think I could have been a lot farther ahead had I really paid attention, but those are things you learn during the process, you know? For sure, for sure. And, like, there's a thing to, like, and I think this is a perfect example of it. There's a thing to like being able to step back and be like, 
<sighs> you know, yeah. like, yeah, especially totally. doing music because you're like, I could, I, I can do a breakfast cake. Yeah, put me on that brunch. I will exactly. play, I'll play the library after that. And then I said library. Um, and then <laughs> I'll do that night gig. Bring it on. And yeah, of right. course I can be at the recording studio eight tomorrow. Why not? Right. You know, you just like, you try to like do so much and like, do that you, for a couple weeks. And then you're like, holy shit. <laughs> you get to that third uh, grocery store gig and you're like, Hey mm-hmm. everybody, <laughs> you know, and the people right. are like, "Wow, rough day." Oh, you know what I mean? Right. You start to lose the the thing for it. So that's an that's important to be able to take breaks and self analyze and head back to it. Yeah, but um, and that, that's the thing. And I think I think people like, I don't know, maybe quarantine's teaching people to like to pay attention to how they're really feeling too. Like, yeah, because we all have like we have responsibilities, we have things we have to do, and in, in the normal world but you do kind of have to pay attention to how you're really feeling mentally because then you're not you're not like giving you know you're not doing your best work if you're really like floundering for sure you know definitely because you're you're just trying to get through at that point right and like some people can pull it off most people you know most musicians that's what they're geared to do is pull it off right you're geared to be able to hang and pull through (laughs) right Totally. I guess that's like with any job, really. Are you there? Can you can you cash them out? You got it. Yeah, <laughs> you can do it. You're there. You're in it. <laughs> yeah. But like it's to really be able to man the I don't want to say man the wheel to really be able to take control of what you're uh, what you want to do and what you want to say requires more work and requires yep. more time. And like when you don't have it, you can't really do that fully. So exactly. Hopefully this leads to that for sure. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Um, Now, you also, I saw on your website, you write poetry as well. Yeah, I do. And, like, is this a thing you've just been doing as well? Like, songs that haven't become songs yet? Or songs that (laughs) are to be songs, I guess? You know, sometimes they they work their ways into songs, but, like, usually it's kind of separate. Like, I've I've always written poetry just separately because it felt good. Yeah. Yeah. but, like, I just recently started sharing it because I was like, you know what? Um, I'm finally to a point where I'm not embarrassed about it anymore. Like, I think for a while I was kind of embarrassed. I was like, oh, cool, she's a poet. Like, everybody's yeah. a poet now, you know? Like, which is kind of true, but that's yeah. the beauty of it. It's like, it doesn't matter because we're all just expressing ourselves. So, Definitely. Um, so yeah, I, I, I posted, I started posting stuff on my website. Um, and it's been good because it's like, it's a different sort of, I don't know. Songwriting is very different to me. Like it, it's all encompassing, whereas poetry is very like heavily moment based. Like definitely, um, it's just like you can focus on this one incident or this one moment in time and everything about that moment in time. Whereas songwriting sort of sometimes morphs into like a grander, like a bigger picture. You know. I think that's well said because when you're songwriting, you gotta. It's got to be, I, it's, there's the pitch involved. You know what I mean? There's just, there's functions yep. that are there, which exactly. in poetry are there too. Like there's meter and there's like sure. how things are written, but even like how that's interpreted. I've been like spending the last couple of years reading books on how to read poetry. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's and different. And like that, even though it's interpreted that way, you can interpret it. It's not written in stone. I don't know. I'm yeah. st- like. Yep. But um, and I think that was really well said. It, it very much is in the moment when you read a poem. It's almost like being in that in that moment with that person or through that person's senses. I guess where yep. a song you're working on multiple like things that are being expressed and thrown at you, and yep. um, and it's re- 
repetitive as far as like you're gonna hear it again like or you know it's good you got to be able to perform it to some degree with a poem it can be like a just that moment and be left there yeah do you have even more improvised do you have any uh poets that you uh been like because since you're a reader and you've been like any (laughs) poets that have kind of inspired you of how to like convey yourself in that way through the years i mean i know it's like it's sort of cliche, but like Sylvia Plath was a big one because yeah. she just wasn't afraid to be dark with it. She wasn't afraid to just say exactly what she was feeling, even if it was like, today I want to die. You yeah. Know? It's like, yeah. I, I really appreciate that sort of honesty. Um, and like she was a big one. She's been a big one. Um, honestly, like there's been there's been a few that I don't even remember their names. Like over the years I've say I have them like written down on like, yeah. you know, sticky notes like, oh, my God, this poem or um there's a few that i picked up um that i again don't remember their compilations so um from the up from upper peninsula i bought some local um some local poets that were nominated for like uh one was nominated for poet laureate um and she yeah so she's like phenomenal and it's all like very nature based like and i uh, i've been to the up so many like a few times you know that um, I can like actually picture what she's talking about. And she like brings that sort of natural world into this space of like emotional reflection, which is really hard to do. So I need to look her name up. Actually reminded me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I honestly, I, I just read a lot of different, um, a lot of different compilations and then I'll, I'll seek out the poets that I like from those, you know, because there's so many. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, it's not like, um, best-selling authors. No, you know? it's, it's much more specific. And there's like, how, have you ever been the back max backs in, um, Coventry? Oh yeah. When you look oh, at yeah, their poetry that. section, that store. Yeah, that store, that book's every time I play at the garage shop, I go there and spend like, I miss that bucks. store actually. I really liked it there. <laughs> yeah. The store is great. And like you go look in the poetry section, it's just like, the sh- right before you go down the basement, it's like these yep. two shelves with these piles, and there's just so much. And oh yeah, like you're saying it's overwhelming. Like with like a best-selling author, you like their name sticks out. They're presented in a certain way with mm-hmm. poetry. That's you get this thin book. That yeah, and there's can, so many of them. Yeah, and, yeah, and like that thin book could be mm-hmm. a lifetime worth of reading. You know, what exactly. I mean? like exactly. if you go back and read a poem again and it means something completely different than the first yep. time you read it. And yep. um that's why I like buying poetry books cuz I'll go back to them. I'll just read them in the bathtub, you know. Yeah. Just <laughs> That's a good way to like keep it fresh and then even when you're writing it gives you like a way to like play with words or think about how to play with words. Like um going back to Sylvia Plath, I was talking to um Megan Stepka. Oh yeah, I did oh, a yeah. podcast with her a couple week, uh, maybe a couple weeks ago. I'm awesome. <laughs> I don't remember times, and um, it, it's weird that we were kind of talking. She's like the he's she's like the, the the Kurt Cobain of poetry. You know what I mean? Like, and there was mm-hmm. something so like definitely just about being able to say so bluntly, you mm-hmm. know, bad or good, and just like how much that shook the realm then, and why she stands so pr- prominent now. It's yep. because of this, like, raw expression. Yeah, so. especially from a woman's perspective. Because I Definitely. think back then women were just, especially, like, they were more, um, they filtered out their thoughts because it wasn't accepted, you know. Like, women can't be depressed. <laughs> the men are working, you know. <laughs> yeah. What the, geez. But yeah, no, definitely, and that's even, that's what makes it even more grand, you know what I mean, or even more yeah. prominent is 
the 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 kind of I don't want to say being the first, but being the noted as earlier i can't think being the first whatever <laughs> you know being noted for being that early like rage coming out in a good way yeah um with anthropology that's interesting i was talking to uh, jen mauer yesterday mm-hmm. and she studied anthropology as well and i think i know I love oh, okay no way cool cool yeah we talked about that once because she goes you're like a you're like me you know you went to school for anthropology and then you're a full-time musician i'm like <laughs> i've actually met quite a few that have studied like anthropology or sociology and went into music because I think, I think, you know, you have to kind of like people or at least like studying people. Definitely. You know, even if you don't actually like people. (laughs) (laughs) It depends on the gig, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, Depends on where you are. (laughs) But there's something to the study of anthropology and how like different cultures perceive art and have art and represent it and celebrate it. In like ways that fits in music, I like. I find myself what I've been doing as part of my like quarantine like regiment is I have this whole routine and I'm learning all these different styles of like guitar and trying and just I've always been fascinated by that. But now I got the time. I'm like schedule, do it. And like anthropology, I thought was a really cool course. And like if I didn't do music through college, I probably would have done that. And I find it so interesting right. to meet people that have did the op- that went and did that and then came out doing music. Exactly. Yeah. And like it's True. It actually did. I mean, it did kind of set me up for like being, I, I'm really good at understanding why people act the way they do, even if that's, even if it's bad. So I feel like it made me more patient um, and understanding, even if like, even if I'm like, okay, you're doing it wrong, yeah. you know, like that's not morally, um, necessarily right but um but it's like I just feel like I understand why and where those things come from and like I also understand how to read people better I don't know if that, that makes, makes sense yeah it does if, if anything it makes it open to reading as opposed yeah. to assuming I think yeah. anthropology especially like the the a few books because I read a few books after school I got really whatever I would take a class in I got really into later yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> and I would find a book at Maxbax. This podcast brought to you by Maxbax. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I would, I would get all these like little intro books and go further. And like one thing if, that was interesting with anthropology is they kept like kind of pointing out how it was coming from uh, uh, ethnocentric, um, like an mm-hmm. anglicized version of everything. Yeah. And like they put that up front to kind of combat that and rethink what has been thought, which I was like. Right. That's kind of an amazing way to like approach any subject. (laughs) Yeah. Am am I viewing this because I am, you know, because I'm viewing it from my own perspective or like, yeah, it's, it's just about how you perceive the world and how you perceive others. And even is really interesting that that's a mind blowing, like that could be a a philosophical course within itself. Yeah, totally. But, like, even just being accepting of, I'm in this situation, this is what happening, this is what is happening, how do I not cast judgment upon my knowledge of life as it exists? Right, right. Like, how do, how do I judge quarantine now? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and how some people are dealing with it and how some people aren't. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is there's no right or wrong way. It's just, like, interesting how everybody's so, everybody is different. And, so they they need they have different needs and different um, you know behaviors because of it. Yeah, and I think that's well said and said like anthropology student. Oh. 
I was also talking to um, Zach Friedoff. Oh yeah. Yeah, I did a hung out with. I talked with him on Wednesday, and I guess you guys did some records together, or did a record together. Yeah, um, I I helped uh, produce his album Shyla. Um, That's what Shyla. Yeah, and and he it's it's a great record. It's like. Um, it's, it's a long one. So it's awesome because I'm like, that's so great. Cause nowadays, like, no, everybody's afraid to do like a double album because it's costly and who's going to listen to that much. And Zach was like, no, we're just going (laughs) to do it anyway. (laughs) I was like, sweet. Um, so yeah, I sang on some stuff on there and, um, helped with the sounds and, and just overall, like overseeing, um, how this, how the production on each song turned out. That's cool. I didn't yeah, he, like awesome. uh, he said you sang on it. I didn't realize you were so behind the wheel on it. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he a lot of it was his idea. Most of it was they were his ideas. I yeah. just helped like I would just help with like being in the booth and and he'd be like, "How was that vocal track?" And I'd be like, "I liked it, but I think you could do one more." You know, that's that kind of that's kind of thing. You know, it's always helpful to have second ears. Did you uh, were you were you interning at that place or did was that Zach brought you in for that? Zach brought me in for okay, that. Cool. Yeah. He just I, wanted my uh, opinions on stuff. That's awesome. I think that 100% as far as like someone who's recorded stuff before is if you can find someone willing to bite the bullet and bear you tracking for that long. Like, exactly. It's exactly. A, such a good like reinsurance of what you're doing because like you do it a million times, you get tunnel vision of that take and then you, you, you know what I mean? Like you only got so oh, much yeah. time. It's so that's a... That's, that's really cool that you're able to do that and help him out with it. Cause like that guy, he's a, he's an inspiring dude. He does so much peace yeah. work and so much. And he works like he makes so much. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That's the other thing. He's relentless. Like he's like, I have 22 albums or whatever. I'm like, yeah, it's so productive. All like, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like embarrassed. I'm like, wow, I haven't, he like writes a song, you know, a song, a couple songs a week. And I'm like, well, I wrote one for you know the last six months. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's all right. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Like the nine albums you came out with. <laughs> yeah, but it's, some people just work different. You know what I mean? Exactly. But exactly. Uh, yeah, interesting dude. That was really cool. I was gonna, I was gonna mention that I was talking to you later this week, but I didn't. We oh, got so carried yeah. away with stuff. Um, but uh, wow. So like. Did you stay connected with the Akron scene a lot when you were there, like through these first few bands, or when did you kind of branch off to the Cleveland more, or were you interacting yeah. between all of it? So I, I was down in like yeah Wayne County for high school and then part of college, and then then I kind of got um, I got more introduced to like the Cleveland and Akron scene, and like a lot of that was through open mics and through little um, little showcases where somebody gotcha. would like hear me and they'd be like oh you should come play a couple songs before me at you know at uncorked wine bar up in gotcha. and akron or, or come up to brothers and play for this benefit so i just got more um introduced into that and then that's how i like met people and then obviously i played like the 10 by 3 yeah, yeah. um i think well first i met ray flanagan and then he sort of introduced me to that scene um but i met ray through like um I'm trying to think of how we met. Oh, through a, a songwriter's round because oh, I did get cool. asked to do a songwriter's round. That's in a... Akron. Gotcha. Where was that at? Was that at the... Dilly's, okay. actually? Okay. Um, and that was like Ray was just starting out, pretty much solo back then too. Um, he had already he'd been playing for other people, but not really doing his own thing. So we kind of like 
together like for a while were sort of investing in in like our own projects you know yeah yeah ray's something else man he's a cool guy yeah he's come he's got a some long way it's amazing some really interesting uh I had a, a conversation with him a few weeks ago. He's got some really mm-hmm. interesting takes on things. Um, yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> He's a great songwriter, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, so are you. Like, this is a, this has been awesome. <laughs> this has been my favorite part of quarantine. I just get to hang out and, like, talk to people. <laughs> this is fun. I'm really glad you're doing this. Um, but uh, that being said, kind of bouncing back, is that where you met Gall? Like, kind of tie it into um, yes. the virtual? Yeah. I met, I met Michelle... Um, through just basically through like that 10 by three scene and i i met her like once and then she posted something on facebook like hey is anybody available for a week in march to go on tour in new york and i was like i am and then we just decided to go on tour together we didn't really even know each other gotcha Um, so it's crazy because then we got to know each other and like we we got you know we actually got close for a while um, and just helped each other out on on that front, you know, with music and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, Gal was one of the first friends I made in college, and um, nice. We uh we went. She was telling me about your guys's trip, and because uh, <laughs> the following like time she went back, I went with her, and, and for a while it was going to be me, you, and her or something. You were. Oh um, yeah, I remember. <laughs> and, I remember her saying that. It seems like I was like four. What that four, was two thousand seventeen. Yeah. So. so like it was yeah yeah um (laughs) and uh so i was all like sweet i want to go to new york and like as a i play in a band called c level letter c dash and um it's been really hard to like it's hard to take a band out where you can go out by yourself and you can do the mic night thing and you do the gig thing and you can expect and accept not as crazy turnout yeah when you drag the, the the crew with you you gotta at least have yeah, something you... to be like this was worth the seven hours <laughs> yep that's the thing it's like really hard for bands to tour now and like and in the in some degree i think it's easier but yeah the turnout is always hard like yep. it's hard to be successful at it i think it's a lot easier to make it happen it's yeah and it's really about like with touring like you have to know you're not probably gonna make any money you're gonna like hopefully break even yeah so it's like you really have to make it worth it you know yeah definitely and like that's the hard part of it for sure that goes back to making it really hard really quick (laughs) is it gonna be successful (laughs) probably not yep probably Uh, not (laughs) i don't know if i want to go (laughs) yeah fair enough but i that was one of my most fun my most favorite trips with uh going out to new york with gall and like, awesome. what did you guys do? She was telling me you guys hit up some cool like songwriter like winery places that really took a liking to you. And mm-hmm. uh, we yeah, we went to a couple like I mean we did we did a couple open mics too, and then we did these like um, like almost like a like bistros like yeah wine that's what it was like, that's what it was like a wine bistro and um, in the village and like there was just some cool some really cool spots and then uh, we did like arlene's grocery which yep. was really fun yep. it was kind of just like we didn't even fit the rest of the bill yeah like they they just had a random bill and i was like this is weird but i'm into it <laughs> did they dig you guys um, was there did they, dig they you? did nice they did i mean everywhere we played like people dug us which was great and we became this kind of like you know like people were like that's awesome you're like a team you know you like because we we are we have different styles but it like works you know yeah together um so it was just it was really fun i remember we just had a blast like we just did a lot of like exploring and um we that's the thing is when it's only 
when you're only accounting for yourself, really, yeah, um, it's easier to like also take breaks and have fun, you know. What, on that, tour, yeah, you can just be like. <laughs> So let's hit up that pizza place. Sure, there's yeah. a sick bi- uh, bookstore next to it. Let's go to exactly. that bookstore. <laughs> let's go eat six Coney dogs. Yeah, each. <laughs> Was it Arlene's Grocery? We um, I actually uh, so after my trip with Gaw, um, mm-hmm. last month, the first weekend, my band went out that way and we played Arlene's, and like I put nice. together a bill with the people me and Gaw met on that trip. Nice. And it turned out, I'm not going to know it because I don't think it'll ever turn out all right again, but it turned out all right. Like it ended That's up awesome. being a real nice, nice turnout. Did you guys Good. do the, um, did you guys do that, that open mic that's in the music shop and you play like downstairs? Yes. That is, place was awesome. What was the name of that place? That place I is so no cool. Idea. There were so many weird people too. I loved it. it yeah. It was yeah. very weird. <laughs> it was like the root combined with the common grounds. Yes. But in yep. a music store that was like mostly exotic, like here's a bunch yep. of sitars that probably don't work and like some yeah. weird like bullhorn things. Exactly. <laughs> like, and a banjo. It's so weird. I like, loved it. That I'm was the... Michelle would probably remember the name yeah, of it. it was, that place is awesome. It was something it was something basic. It was something like uh, music and uh, yep. whatever. Like it wasn't yep. crazy. Yeah, it was like the I think that even the music store was like a nor it was like a name, like Michaels or I don't remember. Yeah, it was it wasn't it wasn't anything that seemed like it'd be as cool as it was, but that was no. the people there were so cool. The night there yeah. that was like the it was like a Thursday night too. And like it was awesome. Yeah, what's so weird is like I don't I don't know if you really got to explore um Ann Arbor, but what was so weird about like New York is like, oh we're playing at eleven. That's early. Yeah, well, you, yeah you know I know what I mean? Like I know. I, I don't go out to two. Like what? Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> it's crazy, dude. And even like yeah, I mean like you Cleveland's not like that. You know, we have like the late night gigs are still like um, you're still over by one o'clock. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Everyone's so, home by then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if you're still out at one, then you're just staying out, you know, you got a sleeping problem. on the ground. <laughs> yeah. You, you party too much. Jeez. <laughs> right. Um, that's awesome. Do, now, did you do any exploring of Ann Arbor before you moved out there? Like music scene wise? I, so I didn't really get to like, I mean, I, I kind of did. Um, like I came up here a few times, but but like honestly, like I was like, oh, I'm gonna get up there and just get to know people, and then this happens. So, gotcha. <laughs> so as soon as things kind of let up, like I definitely want to. Um, I've already met some people that are like, you need to come to this open mic just to get to know people, and then then come to the arc, you know, for this uh, event. Um, and I actually cool. like, I saw, um, you know, they had the, they have the folk festival at the arc in October. Yeah. And yeah. Um, one of my favorite guitarists is playing there that, um, this year and, and him and I actually interact on like oh, Instagram cool. a little bit. Like I met him when I was 12 yeah. first starting out and he's still touring. So it's like, um, one yeah. of those things where I was like, I'm definitely going to go to that and try to get, um, Who is get it? to know some people. Uh, Willie Porter, gotcha. a really good guitarist. If you haven't heard him. No, I'll have to um, check him out. That's awesome though. The art yeah. so- I went and saw Chadwick Stokes there a couple months nice. ago, and um, I also at that what happened? We uh, so I've played out in Ann Arbor quite a few times, and like Ann Arbor's a really cool as far as a music scene, cool music scene. Like every year they do it that. is yeah. Every year they do this thing on the college campus called Hash Bash, 
yeah, where they just oh, have yeah. music everywhere. And like yeah. the first time I went out was to play an after party at a house venue in Ypsilanti called the Late nice. Night Station, which I think is coming back. And the guy's name's yeah. Greg, Greg Hughes, and I will send you his info. But he does a lot of yeah. stuff. And um, and so we buddied up, and then like so I, last time Sea Level played a. Uh, uh, the MC Five House, which is Luther Fest, they do it every year. <laughs> Luther Fest, cool. yeah, yeah. Um, and another, what was another cool thing? But there was just, it's so cool, like all these like subsects of it, right? So like, yeah. Then the whole folk scene and like, I, I was like just blown away. I'm like, this is where I need to be. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like it's a it's there's like little pockets of stuff here, and it's cool because um, no matter what you do, like people are. Very, I mean, honestly, like run into like waiters when I went out to eat and stuff and like there it's a musician and he's like oh my god you should come do this and like let's you know they don't even know what I sound like yeah just like everybody's very friendly so it's that it's definitely like a community type of town which is which is nice because like leaving Cleveland and Akron like you know there's there's a pretty good sense of community there and not having that would have been kind of challenging you know definitely and like I mean, what's interesting is, like, how musicians are so, like, dude, I don't care. You may not even be good. I want to at least give you a chance. You know what I mean? Exactly. I give speaks, you at least a chance. It yeah, speaks, like, miles and it's just for the type of person. And, like, yep. one person I want, uh, Lori Stratton. Make sure I send you her. Lori Stratton. Okay. Yeah, she, she writes Sweet. a blog. And she came to a show Sea Level did in Detroit with Greg. And, like, she's the coolest and knows everything that goes on and on nice. in, our, in, in Ann Arbor and uh, is really into the folk scene. So remind me to send awesome. you um, yeah. her info. Definitely do. But um, kind of taking it back, like Cleveland and the Northeast Ohio scene is, <laughs> is a super special thing. This even yeah. this coming from it, like the fact that during all this and like, someone like Gaul is making all this effort to make sure people that have lost all these gigs get a little income. Totally. totally. Like, have you awesome. tuned into any of the virtual shows yet? Um, I did one just basically, and it was only for a minute. Um, cause I haven't, most of the times I'm actually, believe it or not, like, I've been, uh, kind of busy yeah. with no, I feel it. them little projects <laughs> and well, and with a new house, like it's yeah. mostly just trying to get the new house ready and then a new dog. Yeah. No, but yeah, but no, it's awesome. Like I love the, I love the format. I love that. Like God, like Michelle, uh, thought of, you know, how can we do this in a way that's different from how other people are doing it too? Because like the problem with like Facebook live is, is it gets so inundated and it's not as intimate and it's like a little harder to navigate, um, for when you have multiple players, you know, the community isn't as visible. It's there, but it's not as visible as in with this like it's just yeah there it is exactly and, and the people like that come to see you know that well come to see yeah in quotes um the t- that come to you know hear virtual shows cleveland um are they know what they're getting they know yeah. like they know like okay i'm gonna like block off this time and i'm gonna hear like three artists that i miss hearing or you know that i really want to hear and like I, th- so. I just think it's a, the, the fact that it exists and like pulling through people to get out of this madness of a time or have some ray of hope. Because I did the yep. second one, and for me, I was like, "Oh man, this is this is something like this is really cool. What a great idea! What a cool yeah." And it just if anything, 
the, the idea aside, if anything, is just amplifying the people that are here in the community that exists and the support that everyone is giving. And I think that's yep. such a unique and cool thing and, like, has brought all this. And now we've been talking for, like, an hour and, like, you know what I mean? Awesome. Like, it's been such a cool thing. And, like, that kind of brings me to the point of you're playing Friday <laughs> or no Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> today's Friday. I remember my days with uh, Christine Jackson, which is going to be a fucking yes. sick show. Like, yeah, Christine, she's amazing. yeah, and um, and Kate Kuzer's playing too. And Kate she's Kuzer, like, yeah. oh, I love, I love her songs too. So it's going to be, it's just like a, it's also just nice to be on a bill with like two ladies that I think are really awesome. Yeah, it's so. going to be, it's going to be a jammer for sure. Yeah. Well, do you feel good? I feel good about this. I, think I this feel good awesome. about it. I'm actually, and yeah, this was a great conversation. This was like, hey, a, likewise. I also just, it's nice to talk to other people that are like, you know, doing interesting projects um, and, and like highlighting the arts while everything seems to be sort of, you know, for better, or for worse, sort of falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it's awesome that you're like finding ways to like highlight, you know, um, highlight artists and have good conversations. Was it? Well, that's coming from you. So that was all on you. <laughs> no. But yeah, I just I wanted to find a way to help Gall out with what she was doing because I thought this yeah. was such an amazing thing. And if there was any way to amplify it by a mean that yep. means that she hasn't done yet, I wanted to try to do it. Exactly. And, and so, I, I'm actually really excited to see it's picking up steam because yeah, it's which really... means that she she she's awesome. She did it right too. She knew like she kind of knew going in like okay. I want to do this. Like, how can I make it work? And how can I, who can I bring in to make it more effective? You know? Yeah. It's awesome. I did a, like a podcast with her first and it was like a 48 hours of, yeah. of it. She's like, and then <laughs> like we, yeah. walked, we walked through like every couple hours. Right. It was awesome. All right. Before we wrap it up, Gretchen, is there anything you want the people to know? Anything coming out? <laughs> totally organic <laughs> plug. <laughs> Yeah, give me that plug. No, I uh, I I actually do have something coming out, and it's with um, Adam Reifsnyder. Do you know Adam Reifsnyder? He's from Honey Bucket. Oh, okay. Astronomer. Um, and his, oh. yeah, he just got um, one of his songs placed for Astronomer um, with Jewel. Uh, no way, that's awesome. Yeah, a big, uh, and, and that's going. That's got placed as um, the theme song for um, Cleveland International Film Festival this year. Whoa. So Sick. he's like had all sorts of things happening, which is great. Um, which I guess we, you can stream now. The CLE exactly, anyway. exactly. It's it's weird, but it's cool. I'm glad they're doing it. Um, but yeah, so we we actually Adam and I um, co-wrote a song and um, recorded it. We recorded it. We started recording it a while ago, and we just happened to finish it right before this all went down. And we were like, we need to put this out now because it's like it's basically a song that both of us um, wrote in different places in life but both of those places were like from a place of um i don't know grief and like mental health issues and and so we wrote this song as like kind of a meditative like um ballad that's you know was was supposed to bring like i mean it was cathartic for both of us so so it's called pining and we're putting it out on um you know, on Spotify and all that jazz next Friday, the 24th, April 24th. So Sweet. we're really excited about it. And honestly, like it just feels good to put something out, even though we can't play it out, you know? Gotcha. Definitely. There's definitely, I don't know, the share it. I think if anything now, it's probably get more, more action than like, yeah, if you could play maybe. it out, like, but that's exciting. Well, I can't wait to hear it. 
Thanks, Dave. Hope Appreciate to see you it. soon. Hope to come bug you in a um, Oh Ann my gosh, Arbor. yeah. Come visit anytime that, you want. And I'll I mean, not right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> clearly. But I'll send you all that info and uh, catch you on Sunday. Awesome. See you then. See you.